Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. If you're anything like me, you dream of investing in something that can get you rich quickly so that you can retire. An investment that can let you gain financial freedom. Buy real estate so that you can quit your job, travel, and sleep in. I know I'm not the only one who dreams of this because hundreds of people invested in a get-rich-quick Ponzi scheme that promised them 50% return on investment in today's story. Today, we look at the Mormon Ponzi scheme. Why the Mormons? What did they do? Find out on today's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. And it's not just the regular Mormon church, I think. What do you mean? Like, it's not the church that did this, right? It's no, just no, some no, no, Mormons. No, 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 it was Mormons Because who the did way this. this sets it up makes it seem like it uh, was whoever... It was not, no, no. This scam is not headed by the Mormon not church. The, don't worry, we could do an episode, probably, but... Well, welcome back for season 11 of White Collars, Red Hands. Season 11, welcome back. Mine's Kashan. And I'm Nina. And uh, we got... We got an update. We got a bump date. We got, oh, wait, what? You know, like when ladies get pregnant, they have an update and they call it a bump date. Anyway. Oh, I thought that was about cocaine. I thought it was about cocaine. Oh, it could be if we wanted it to be. Yeah. It's just like if you, if you, yeah, if you go on a date with a 1980s Wall Street guy, it's called a bump date. Ooh. Right. Um, no, we, we, uh, we're back for season 11 and we made, we made kind of a big decision with one of our online platforms. Yes. So as you guys know, we've been hosted uh, on Entertainment Buffet for a while on their YouTube channel. And we're very thankful to them for being the home yes. of White Collars yes. Red Hands for the past few years. Yes. But we've made the decision that it's finally time to kick ourselves out of the nest and, and, and move all those videos over to our own YouTube channel. So hopefully if you were watching on YouTube, which we did have some pretty decent engagement on yeah. there, um, that you'll be able to find us still now over at White Collars Red Hands. That's our YouTube channel. We didn't change anything there. Um, but if you're new here, you haven't gone there, you want to see the videos, the videos are only available in two places, and that's Spotify and YouTube. And from now on, we've been pretty bad about uploading them because we had to go through a third party and it was really difficult and time consuming. Well, and then also, you know, Kashan's in grad school right now. So that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it keeps me it's, a it's, little busy. You know what? Tiny bits. This podcast doesn't fund Kashan and I at the moment. So um, sometimes we get a little backed up with social media because I've got two jobs and I do comedy. Kashan is in grad school, has a job and does comedy. So sometimes we're not on point with this social your, media. Your boy's busy. All right. Your boy's busy. But now the, it, it's super seamless. When I do the video editing, I hit one button and it goes to our YouTube channel now. Oh, nice. So it's going to be there. Don't worry about it. But but if you want to see those YouTube videos, if you want to see the videos of this podcast and you're not already listening on Spotify, which only like 8% of you are to begin with, 
please go to the YouTube channel and subscribe and give us some engagement on there. We don't get paid for that until we get a certain amount of subscribers. So it'd be be super awesome if you, yes, you went out and subscribed to our YouTube. Please, we're begging you. Um, But I mean, without further ado, I think we have some some Mormon Ponzi schemes to talk about. Yes, let's go. So this scheme involves three men, Jeffrey Judd, Michael Beasley, and Christopher Humphreys, not the ex-husband of Kim Kardashian. Oh, that's, you know, that's exactly what I specifically was going to ask. Oh, you mean, you mean, what was his name? Christopher, Christopher Humphreys. Chris Humphreys, yeah. The ex-husband of Kim Kardashian? Listen, who, who saw the Ray J tape and was like, I'm out of here. I think he saw the Ray J tape and was like, I want to get in there. It was after? Mm-hmm. I don't know the timeline. I'm making it all up. You know nothing about the Kardashians. You're, and proudly... <laughs> I proudly know nothing about the Kardashians. Thank you very much. Chris Humphreys is hot. Or he was when he was married to Kim Kardashian. I'm sure. Unless once they got divorced, he became ugly because there is a conspiracy theory that Kim Kardashian's grandmother, when she was in Armenia, made a pact with a witch that would make all the women successful and that every man, man that would come in their path would have a downfall oh and every man that has come in their path has had a downfall that's why chris jenner was like i'm gonna i'm gonna get some of that magic right yeah 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 i don't know if she's the armenian one or wait no caitlin yeah that's why caitlin jenner was like i'm gonna get some of that magic there we go yep i was like wait i was like this is a joke right this magic moment (laughs) um yeah so anyways Back to the story. Judd and Humphreys were busy business associates, but Beasley and Judd knew each other because of their sons. Their sons played soccer together. Um, Beasley was an attorney and um, Jeffrey Judd owned a consulting service called J&J Consulting Services, which was started in May 2005. It's not really J&J if you're both the J's. He, his right? name, his, he's like Jeffrey J. Judd. He's actually triple J, and the, so, which is so also my bra size. Um, no, it's not. Don't lie to these people. <laughs> All right, you ain't you ain't got that. They're not that big. Uh, <laughs> they're they're, not, they're big, but they're not that big. Yeah, you you can't you can't say J and J if you're both the J's. You're, that's just J J. You're J J. You need another J. That's true. And not the middle J. Another J in addition to that. Yeah. So in October 2021, he also launched a new Florida entity called J&J Purchasing LLC. All right. So in 2017, Beasley and Judd, they joined Beasley, Judd, and Humphreys joined forces. See, that's B and J. That's BJ. BJH. And H. BJ and H. Blowjob and Hump. Oh, they could have had, if they weren't Mormon, they would have had such a great porn studio. Well, did you hear about that Mormon swinger scandal? They could have been part of it. Except Beasley wasn't a Mormon. Judd was a Mormon, but Beasley wasn't. Yeah. okay. So in 2017, this is when they started luring people into their Ponzi scheme. They would get investors, and basically all these investors were gained via word of mouth. They would solicit high-income people who who they knew could invest a lot of money. These were people that went, they went to the country club with, went to the gym with, and people that they went to church with. They also would get family members to invest in this as well. So most of the victims, like I was talking about earlier, were actually Mormon. And honestly, if they can believe that they can have their own planet when they die, they should be able to believe in this investment opportunity. Yeah, that's fair. Like yep. if you were going to target people, 
Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not target, saying anything. Target the highly manipulated. But if you're like, hey, I just got this really good investment opportunity. I dug it up in my backyard and it's, <laughs> and it's on flakes of precious metal. Let me read you the business strategy out of a hat. And only I can read the business strategy. Yeah. And you have to believe it. Because that's how, you know, that's how the business God wants it. And they'd be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, sign me up. Works for me. Um, could you imagine not only being lured into a conversation about Jesus, but also in business opportunities? Oh, it's like, could it's, you imagine like, excuse me, sir, have you heard about the healing power of Jesus Christ? And while you're at it, I have a great return on investment for your earthly realm. It's all of your worst friends tied into one. Um, literally, it's, literally it's your crypto <laughs> friends and your Christian friends in one. I mean, I have neither of those, but yeah, oh. I'm just imagining. Actually, I don't really either. Right. But yeah, if the, both of those are rolled into one person, you're like, stop. Yeah. I'll give you money to leave me alone. Literally, How's I will that? invest for you to go away. Ugh. I worked for some Christians when I was in high school, and I remember one of my coworkers was like, I think I'm going to ask Jesus into my heart just so I can get a raise. <laughs> See if that works. I don't know. He didn't. The way this worked was that Judd would tell his victims slash investors that he had a litigation financing business with his attorney, who was none other than Matthew Beasley. So Judd would invest money in personal injury plaintiffs while Beasley would get the contracts with other attorneys. So basically, um, I mean, I'll explain this more. Oh, so okay. Judd alleged that Beasley had contracts with personal injury attorneys whose clients had settlements with insurance companies. He said that these people were getting a portion of their set settlement in advance rather than waiting on the insurance companies to pay them out. So it was like... Oh, so it's like J.G. Wentworth, 877 cash now? Exactly, Like if you actually. have a structured settlement and you need cash now? Yes. You would call them? Yes, and that's just this. They took their entire business model from a from an opera singing uh, finance commercial. Yes. Awesome. Yep. This Great. is basically it. And then <laughs> what's really interesting about this is that Beasley got roped into this because he had really bad gambling debts. And so he used this to pay off his gambling debts. Isn't hey, that if it's between that and your kneecaps. Yeah, Ponzi scheme, man. Yeah. So J&J &J would advance these payments and then they would get paid back with interest and fees. Um, that's what they would tell people. That's what they would tell investors. They're like, we give these payments and then like any loan, you've got to pay interest. You've got to pay fees. That's what he's telling me. It, 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 it's funny because I'm pretty sure this happens. No, it does actually happen. But and I, I banks didn't, do it. Right. Not random guys you met. Right. You right, know? Right. And I think because... You know, he had this company, you know, he's linked with a lawyer. I think people believed I and mean, people believed him. Obviously, people believed him. A ton of people invested in this. Um, a big reason for that, too, is because they they trusted him. These were people who trust. They trusted him, which, you know. I guess I get it. But these sort of payment. So this whole story just kind of gives me peace. Because I'm so poor that I could never invest in this. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because initial investments were between eighty dollars and $100,000. He would not let you invest unless your initial investment was $80,000. Which almost seems like it's more legit, right? Because it's like, yeah. oh, we don't take money from anybody. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I can just invest $500 in this stock. Yeah. No, you have to have $80,000. It's like, this he, is for the rich. He and would allow investors to split contracts, though. So, like, 
So it was a pyramid scheme. You would go out and get people to also invest in this scam with you. you, Me and you could put forty thousand to each and then do this. If I ever come to you going like, Nina, we got a great opportunity. All I need is forty grand from you. One, I know you can't give me forty grand. Correct. But just hit me. There's nothing. I'm I'm manic. Hit me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) literally. Um, Each of these investments had a term of ninety days, which would require you to invest again and again and again. So your investment would run out every ninety days. But were you getting the money back in 90 days? Allegedly. Okay. You were supposed to. Because I think the first time, if I didn't get the money back, I'd be like, hey, fuck you. Yeah, right? (laughs) Judd Beasley and Humphreys gave investors a lot of different return rates on their investments. They would literally change them up all the time. Some investors were told that they would make $22,000 after 90 days off of 80 grand. Um, Some were told that they would make 12.5% back on their investment, which would equal um, 50% return on investment yearly, which is unheard of. The investors were told that they would receive their returns every 90 days per their term agreements. Investors were told that the risk of investing was almost zero. And when you're investing, you know that's not true. There's always some level of risk. Yeah, even in government bonds which is the lowest risk investment you can make, right? There's still risk. like Because the, the U.S. government finally might nut up on its, on its promise it makes every three years that it's going to default on its loan. And then, you know, you could be tits up on bond loans. Yeah. On, on bonds. It, it's just, there's always something. If anyone promises you, literally, what did, what did Bernie Madoff promise? Like 9% return on investment. I don't remember. And everyone was like, that's way too high. And these people are promising 50%. Yeah. Also, just like the whole time I'm sitting here thinking, and you know, hindsight's 2020, whatever. But like, if you're, if the business model, if you're paying these people, right, like you're basically paying these people the lump sum and then you get the payments. How would you get all of the payments in 90 days? This would be right. an investment that you would make the money on. Like you give them like 80% of the total that they're owed. And then you collect the the extra 20% over the duration of the, of the settlement payments. Right? Right. Like it makes no sense that you'd be no. able to get all the money back in 90 days. No. Just saying. Humphreys would use the same method when he was recruiting people for investment, although he was quoting people 13 to 15% return. Still crazy. Yeah. Um, Humphreys would get angry when people would question him about the investment, which I think is totally fair to ask questions about how your money's being invested and like the status of your returns. He got very annoyed with one investor in February of 2022 when the investor asked Humphreys, and I quote, why J&J needed outside investors when the purported returns were so high that J&J could just fund the contracts through a bank loan and still make profit. Also a very good question. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Humphrey said that this was a loaded question and claimed, I can't possibly answer that. Seems like a pretty easy question, actually. Yeah. I guess this made the investor stop asking questions and this would make me not want to invest anymore, but this guy still invested. Like, if you're going to be a dick, I'm not, I'm good. I'm not going to invest with you. I mean, maybe that guy was just actually getting that like 50% return. He's like, all right. All right. Whatever. I guess I don't care. Like, if I'm fleecing you, that's what he thought. Maybe. I'll fleece I don't you. Know. You fleece me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Humphreys would receive compensation when he brought on new investors. He told one investor that he would make 5% of investor funds that he raised and that he was making $250,000 every three months, which would only, which would equal $1 million a year, which doesn't seem like that much. That's, 
I mean, I mean, it is that much, pretty but... good to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just like based off of what they're quoting people. Um, Judd and Humphreys would have investors wire their money to Beasley's. Now, I don't know how to how this term is said. It's either a IOLTA account or an IOLTA account with Wells Fargo. But sometimes they would wire the money to accounts that belong to Judd and Humphreys. Um, mm. I don't, if we've talked about an IOLTA account before, okay. I, don't I believe we have. Okay, good. Because uh, I was like, I either I don't remember or, but this is what they are. An IOLTA account is a pooled account that lawyers use to hold client funds, and those accounts became required in 1981. Oh, so it's, it's, like, like, it's like an escrow account. Basically, yeah, okay. but for lawyers. Okay. Um, To make the scheme seem more legit, Beasley would f- make fake purchasing agreements between J&J Consulting or J&J Purpose purchasing with the names of real plaintiffs and real attorneys. Um, it's also noted that they would tell investors not to contact any pl- of the plaintiffs or attorneys that were listed on the purchasing agreements. It's uh, it's legal client confidentiality. Yeah. You can't. Don't call them. Okay? Don't be asking questions. Don't don't call Seymour. Uh, what what's that? What's that lawyer's name? Seymour Butts. Oh. Oh. It was one or the other. Uh, you know they. <laughs> They're related, but they got the same first names instead. Stop asking questions, (laughs) goddammit. So this all seems a little too good to be true, right? And you're right, it is. Um, Obviously, Beasley, Judd, and Humphreys weren't using the money the way that they were supposed to be using it, um, or we wouldn't be talking about them today. And just like any Ponzi scheme, Beasley, Judd, and Humphreys would return a small portion of investor money to investors while pocketing the rest for themselves. And they lived very cushy lifestyles. They had mansions. They had vacation homes, flashy cars. Um, I think it was Beasley had the uh, Rolls, Ro- Rolls Royce. The gambling deck guy? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And they had private jets. Um, also, most of these people lived in Nevada, Um I know for sure Beasley lived in Nevada. Sounds about right. Um, but their victims were everywhere. Like their victims were all around the con- the world. That's crazy because you said that they were like getting fred. Did they just know a lot of people in a well, lot of places? So basically, I will say this because they're kind of affluent already. It seems yes, like they're already affluent, so they have a lot of connections. But then Mormons, um, across the world, really like band together. Mm-hmm. Um. I well, my best friend was Mormon for a while, and she has friends like all over the place that are she she's left the church, but she still keeps in contact with these people. I mean, she has friends from all over the place, and I'm like, how do you know them? And she's like, well, they're Mormon, and I'm like, okay, but like I grew up Christian, like they're a very tight knit community across the world. Well, they make it their point to to contact people outside of the country, right? It's their mm-hmm. mission. Yes, you might say. Yes. So yeah, it is. Where will I go on my mission? Um, I don't want to get sued by Trey Parker. No, I don't want to. Yeah, I'd keep going because it's one of my favorite. I'll sing you the whole fucking number, but no, can't do it. Can't do it. Um, If we ever get a Patreon, that's what will be on there. We'll sing show tunes for you. Oh, God. I'm sure people will pay for that, right? Uh, Some weirdo would. (laughs) Well, you know about weirdos paying Mm -hmm. for stuff. Uh, (laughs) I know all about that. Um, (laughs) If you want to know what I'm talking about, slide in my DMs. Oh, Um, my God. Don't be afraid. Just ask. Um, no, but th- I think that's how they were able to get so many people around the world because they had um, victims that were in like Australia, Taiwan, all over the place. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably didn't get any of their money back. 
I doubt it. Yeah. Um, the SEC started investigating J&J in December of 2020 when an attorney saw his friend's investment paperwork and he knew something was incredibly off. This same attorney contacted Hindenburg Research, which is a group that helps catch Ponzi schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, Watch them go down in flames. Yes. Hindenburg research founder Nate Anderson claims that he knew that this was a Ponzi scheme right from the get-go. One thing that tipped him off was that the investment had no website and that it was strictly word of mouth, as we talked about earlier. He says that this is a red flag because, like, obviously, if they had a website that was promoting what they were doing, people would catch on pretty quickly that this is, like, not legit and they needed to keep it a secret. We also learned with Reed Slacken that you can get in trouble for being an an investor that's not registered with mm-hmm. the SEC. If you invest over a certain amount of money, which they've definitely crossed that threshold at this point, oh yeah, you have to register with the SEC and get in a lot of trouble. So if they don't have a website, they probably weren't registered. Either. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, also, Judd was Mormon, like we've been talking about this whole time, and he used his. It's known that he used his religious affiliation to lure people into investing because they would automatically trust him because he was Mormon. They were Mormon. They felt like he wouldn't screw them over because they had the shared religion. And they're so nice as long as you aren't gay. Yeah. 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 That's a big one. Um, apparently, this is when you are using your religious affiliation to lure people. This is called an affinity scam. Affinity scams target certain groups such as the elderly, religious, or ethnic communities. Um, Anderson wanted to catch Judd in the act of trying to lure a new investor. Luckily, Anderson knew the perfect man for the job, Mark Holt. Now, Mark Holt was a Mormon who attended the same high school as Judd. They shared mutual friends, and they also previously dated the same woman. Hey, do we have any Eskimo bros of this guy? They're I can Mormon. Tell, I can tell he's gonna want. He's gonna want to talk to someone who's been inside the same person that they he don't. Has. They don't. They're Mormon. They soak. You're still inside. Shh. You just don't move. All right. What if you sneeze? Then God hates you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it works. Don't they, like, have a friend jump on the bed? They, they, they push it from underneath, yeah. It's so many like loopholes. Like on a bunk bed. Just fucked. God. God can't see it if you're not, if you're not moving your hips. My biggest thing not is... Not that I think they would move their hips well anyway. My biggest thing is, like, like what does he think? He just fell in there? Because you got to get it in there first. Like, isn't that Whoops. kind of already... Like if you're already there, yeah, I just, doubt she's like. If you're what? already there, just quit your religion. Haven't you just heard? <laughs> haven't you? Haven't you heard? Mormon women have giant vaginas. Your dick just falls in. My you know, my ex was was an ex Mormon. Oh, fuck, I forgot about can that. Can a test? <laughs> Does she have a white side vagina? Huh? I don't think I can say online, but let's just say there's more than one Grand Canyon in Arizona. Uh, if no. she wasn't shitty, I would feel bad right now, but she was shitty. No, it was it was normal. Yeah, it was normal. I'm just you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the reason so you know, Holt has this mutual connection with Judd already, but he, Holt himself had actually been a victim of fraud, so he was willing to help out. Um Holt owned a private aviation business, and this is what they used to lure some of Judd's associates into meeting with him. They rigged the plane so that they could ca- so with like a bunch of different cameras and um, microphones so that they could catch the men in the act. So Judd didn't go there himself; he sent like some of his business partners. Um, Holt really felt like he could pull this off because he used to do improv. 
Classic. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. How do you do you think you could pull that off, Kashan? You think you could uh yes and the situation? No, I get lost in the character. All of a sudden, who knows? I'm I'm actually making the deal. Well the character's and- him. No, it's improv. I do the character. I, I, I'm going in. I'm going to do an accent. I'm going to forget he has to know me and be like, you're not yes and. Well, Judd's right not now. there. It's just a business associate. Oh, then, yeah. I'm like, hello, my name's Tippin. Nice to meet you. Because, you know, you can't pre-plan the name. It's improv. My name's Tippin. I, I, I think you've got a nice business opportunity for me. Do you mind if I have a spot of tea? <laughs> All right, don't hire Kashan for anything undercover. No, no, that's great. They're gonna they're gonna believe it so hard. Yeah, do you believe want it a, so hard? You want a lump of sugar in your tea, Jiminy Christmas? That's not even British. I don't know what happened. Um, the meeting went well, and a phone call was arranged between Holt and Judd because Kashan wasn't the one going undercover. Um, they would have bought. They would have. They would have never. They would have eaten that up. They might have. Don't lie to up. me. You know what? They believe so much other dumb shit. They might have believed that. See, that's what I'm saying. Um, Judd explained that the investment scheme to Holt, who acted like he was interested. Holt told Judd that he was interested in investing around two million dollars, which he said could definitely happen. And about a week later, the FBI was at Judd's door. Got you, bitch. Got you, bitch. <laughs> Um, so from what I understand, it was a pretty smooth arrest of Jeff Judd. Um, he didn't fight. He didn't scream. No, but we cannot say the same thing for Michael Beasley. Nice. This is actually what drew me to this, uh, story. So Beasley knew that the FBI was coming for him. So he had written letters for his wife and kids and a note to the FBI and made a zip drive of computer files for them. When the FBI came to Beasley's door, he had a gun pointed at his own head. All right. And so when the, you know, they're like, don't shoot yourself, don't shoot yourself. Yeah, whatever. It's not worth it. You're going to yada, yada, yada them talking down a suicidal man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, whatever they walk in, they're like, hey, don't do it. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. (laughs) So he's in in his his doorway, right? And they're like, don't fucking do it. And he's like, I'm going to do it. So then he lowers the gun and... When lowering the weapon, there are mixed reports of what happened. Officers say that Beasley waved the gun in front of them as if he was going to shoot. Beasley claims that he was just lowering the gun. Either way, at least one officer fired and Beasley was struck in the chest and the shoulder. When this happened, Beasley went back into his home. And refused to come out. Hey, we're we're really sorry, bud. Fuck you. I'm not coming out. You fucking shot me. But, he also hey. admitted, like, while he's inside, he's like, he keeps saying that he's going to kill himself and stuff like that. And, um... You're already... We did it halfway for you at this point. Literally. Like, just stop. And he, he admits to everything. He admits that he does all... He, that he had a Ponzi scheme. He admits that, like, all of this happened. Um, the hostage negotiator tried to convince Beasley to get medical care, and he kept saying that he was going to kill himself and that he didn't want to go to prison. Um, Beasley ended up staying in the house for four hours, bleeding out. Isn't that insane? He's just like, no, I'm not coming out. Yeah. You were... You're going to shoot me again. Yeah, I guess I'd be fine. Hey, no. Like, you shot me twice already, man. I'm not coming out. You you come in here, man. Yeah. 
So the SWAT team ended up being assembled, and they finally brought Beasley out of the house. Was anyone else in this house with them? Or Apparently, that, why did they have to arrange a SWAT team to get a get a, a so, dying man out of a house? I actually, that's pretty unclear to me. You I couldn't know, figure that out. I, I do think me. I, I would I would have to think someone else was in the home, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I was gonna say because if it's like for his own safety. What's he going to do, not kill himself just because you broke in with a SWAT team instead of, Well, like, and then what? what's weird to me is they bust in with so much other stuff. Why were they not busting in? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many other circumstances where the police will just bust down the door. And he's not even Mormon, so you can bust in. Yeah. Yeah. You can bust in him. Yeah. And that's, like, okay, fine as far as I know. Well, all of this happened the day before his daughter's wedding. Oh, rough timing. All of his family was in town. It sucked. Um, <laughs> so they arrest him. He's taken to the hospital. He lived. He lived through it. Um, he was charged with assault on a federal officer. Um, at this time, this is the only charge that has been brought forward in this case. It's so funny because I think you could charge him with a lot of things, right? And they charge him with the one thing I don't think you have a basis to charge him for. Okay, that's what I was thinking, too, when like, I was researching this. I was like, he didn't, though. He resisting arrest? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they did shoot him, though. Like, can you really blame if you shot a guy for him, like, not wanting to go with you? I mean, no. At that point, I'd be like, you know what? I get it. Yeah. What if we get the police officer over here and he says sorry and he like really means it? Yeah. <laughs> Please come out. I mean, out. he would not come out. Like they even got his son. Like they were like, your son's here. He like. I hate my son. <laughs> He's like, fuck my get kid. He was a shitty shortstop in high school. He fucking knows what he did. Get him out of here. Um, they And like they had a message. They had his son record a message and they played him the son's message. And like he was still like, no, I'm not going out until the SWAT team was assembled. I literally just imagine she's like. He's like on the couch. Netflix is on. He's like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> I'm trying to watch Emily in Paris. <laughs> She's so hot. I just want to know, is she going to be in Paris the whole time? I've never seen it. So Neither that's have I. All I, know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Sorry, all of our listeners that love Emily in Paris. You can let us know how it work, how it goes. Um, however, all so, you know, he, that is the only charge that's been filed so far. However, this did happen in like that whole stand up happened like March third, twenty twenty two. Stand up, uh -huh. like he was telling jokes yeah, he instead was. of he a standoff. Like, he was like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, funny." We're, you're a stand up comedian, right? Yeah. All right, chill. Just checking. Oh, yeah, I'm not getting shot at, so I don't have any jokes out of pocket. Do you think it'd be funnier if if you had if you weren't getting shot at? You no, think that's I like, don't think that would be funny. That's your it for you. That's that's what that's maybe what gets, maybe gets you going. I'm the comic that got shot. Not yet. I don't want to be the comic that got shot. All right, cool. I'm not manifesting that. All right, I'm just the comic that's funny who has a podcast about white collar crime. And Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is that I'm anticipating charges will happen. I would I would assume so. Yeah. After his arrest, um, Baisley did make it clear that Judd didn't know that what they were doing was illegal and that it was all his fault, which is just not true. He took the fall. He took the whole fall. For he was him? like, he doesn't know about it, but I don't think he. I, I don't think anybody believes that Judd didn't know what he was doing, especially based on the phone conversation with Holt. Yeah. Also, just. Like and you're, also, you're a lawyer. You would know that this is bullshit. Right. It, it doesn't stand up. He just was like, he didn't know. And then I don't think anybody believes him. 
I don't think one person believes him. They shouldn't. It seems like bullshit. But a court, but like, you know, this whole thing sounds like funny, but a lot of people were really affected by this. According to the SEC, over 600 people invested in the scheme and over $449 million was also invested into the scheme. Um, because of the scheme, people have lost their life savings. They've lost their homes and some are struggling to survive. Um, like people were investing a lot of money. Some people... Like there was one person they invested like nine hundred and forty thousand dollars in this, but part of the reason was because that first ninety days they got like a huge return on investment. Yeah, and so they were hooked. And you have to right every time you invest, it has to be that eighty to one hundred thousand. So you're constantly sinking sinking these huge amounts of money into right, it too. Right, right. Like there's this one woman who like it was really sad. Like she basically lost everything and then like now relies she's mormon she like relies on the church to help her pay her bills like they're they like got her a new apartment that she could afford she like she's struggling and beasley's own wife so after this happened beasley's wife divorced him but now she has a shitty job where she has to work really long hours and his son dropped out of college in order to help support the family like this destroyed a lot of people's lives. Yeah, he at least ruined all of his family's lives. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if his daughter still got married. I did wonder that. I'm like, did she get married the next day still? She was like, we already... We paid, we paid for everything. We paid for the catering. I, we can't... I can't... We can't take it back, you know? What, just because you can't walk me down the aisle? We wheel him down in his hospital gurney. Dad, you just got shot in the shoulder. It doesn't mean you can't walk. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I hate this family. <laughs> she was only 21 when she was going to get married. So, uh, too young anyway. But what's like the most fucked up about this whole thing? And like, they got friends and family to invest in this, and they were knowingly screwing over their friends and their families. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what's gross. Like, not, it's already gross in general. But then, like, you add the layer of them fooling people that they're closest with gross yeah i mean i don't know they don't seem like good people no they're not good people <laughs> um 90 million dollars in assets have been sold though to pay back victims but that is like not even a quarter of what was invested so judd also no no charges against him no one has any charges that Just beasley nothing? is the only one now they did sell off like their mansions they sold off their assets but like no one's been actually charged with anything so are they just this money they're paying back is this from like lawsuits like civil suits or are they just doing this to do this like are they i mean i know the bank personally. took control of everything okay yeah so it's probably civil then. Yeah, it'd be civil suits. Yeah. And then okay. I know that there was a suit against Wells Fargo as well because they had that um, IOLTA account with them. Yeah. And so people also sued Wells Fargo. Yeah, you probably can't use it for that. No. I don't know the laws, but it seems like you can't use it, it for that. Seems like. It's like Wells Fargo is like a shady bank or something. Yeah. Going for great. What a great plug. Go listen to that episode next. That was if an you haven't old heard it. one. Old-ish. That was like season... Two, I think. Was that season two? It's either season two or season three is our episode uh, on I don't know. You, once you get ten seasons under your belt, I don't know what's going on anymore. All I know, it was like July 2020... I mean, June of 20... I'm sorry. January of 2021. One of those J months. It was a J. J, J, J! Um, but... 
I remember because I listened to it while I was shoveling my car out of the snow. Mm, fun. Yes. You should do that this winter, everyone at home. Yes. We're a great, we're a great pairing Let of shoveling snow. Let us keep snow. you company. We're the official snow shoveling podcast. Yes. In the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put that out there. Yeah, start putting that on our social media. Yeah, hell yeah. But in conclusion, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Unfortunately, over 600 people found this out the hard way in today's episode. Because of the greed of J&J and everyone involved, hundreds of people lost their life savings, and some are now dependent on welfare to survive. Matthew Beasley, Jeffrey Judd, and Christopher Humphreys did not think of what their actions would do to those around them. All they could think of was lining their pockets with cold hard, cold hard cash while they flew around on their private jets to their vacation homes. Today's episode is an important lesson of just because you know someone doesn't mean they won't financially screw you over. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of season 11. We back. We got nine more of these. Hell yeah, baby. At least... At least they're pre-planned. We know. Yeah, we know what they are. You know, we know, know what they're all, all going to be, including next week. Hey, guess what? You made it to the end of this episode. You get a sneak preview of what we're doing next week. We're talking about a very, a very pop culture thing right now. Yes, maybe maybe an, a, a run on the bank that happened recently. Are there crimes? We don't know. It's super fresh. It's super new. If you don't know about it, if you don't listen to the problem with John Stewart like I do, you can get caught up here next week with Silicon Valley Bank. Listen about SVB. Yeah, this is where you want to be. SVB. Oh, it didn't I, work I, I the thought, way I, I thought you were saying as Phoebe, like no, from SVB. Friends. She's a character on Friends, right? She's yep. the blonde one. I don't watch it all. I don't, I don't, I don't well, watch she's it. one of the blonde ones. Oh, yeah. There's multiple. Rachel Green. Jennifer, yeah. Jennifer yeah. Aniston. And her nipples. They're always hard. Yeah? Yep. Nice. He's going to watch it now. Nice. She can, you know, she's old. She's she, hot. She can, she, can, she can still get it. She's a MILF. Yeah, for sure. Oh, she's yeah. almost guilt status. Yeah. She's almost that she's age. Almost there. She's almost there. I don't know what age that is. I feel like 60 is when you start to get into gilf. She's almost there. Unless you actually have a grandchild, and then you're a gilf. Yeah, and I don't think there are many many people I would put under that category. So Jennifer Aniston, once you get there, you... You get the gilf award. Yeah, you... I hope that she can rest easy knowing that she is the like the one person receiving the, the good old Kashan gilf award. What about Susan Sarandon? No. Maybe um, for a period, but not anymore. A man that I dated that we both know. Said that she was queen of the MILFs. <laughs> mm, no. I didn't agree with that. But no. if you agree that you love this podcast and just can't get enough of us. You want to hear more about GILFs? Please. Honestly, honestly. Stick around. One time we did fuck, kill, marry with the presidents. We could do it with GILFs. How many GILFs are there? There's we can't do that. so many GILFs. Um, also, they'd all be fuck. It's in the name. Well, maybe you can't, some you can't are do hotter fuck, than marry, the kill others. with gilfs because they're all they're all f. Okay, like old people, just old people. Yeah, well, fuck he's like anyway. So so here's the video. We do a vlog. We just go to like a retirement home. We're like, all right, now to this guy. What's your name? Henry. <laughs> you fuck Henry. <laughs> fuck Mary. Kill Henry. <laughs> mm, kill. Sorry, bud. You he's were like, you were close anyway. He's like fuck the war. Did it get me? This game did. It doesn't. It doesn't work anymore. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can choose. There's no pressure because it doesn't. 
It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. Don't worry. Okay. Oh my god, we were so off. So that well, was a short episode today. We needed, uh, it was a shorty. We needed some filler. I went quick. Um, that's what he said. Some filler. It's not. It doesn't work. There's going to be no filler. No, they always are fucking in the nursing home. It's like got one of the highest rates of STDs. Yeah, but I got to take two popsicle sticks and I got to make a splint. It's 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 a lot of work and I'm just not up for it. Sorry. All right, you can find us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> slash White Collars Red Hands. You can find us on Twitter at White Collars Pod. You can find us on Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. You can also find us on TikTok at White Collars Red Hands. And now you can also find us on our YouTube channel at White Collars Red Hands. We need subscribers. Please, please subscribe. Um, another subscribe way. Subscribe and hit that bell. No, yeah, we're yeah. Not, we're not going to do that. For notifications. We're not going to do that. Like the fucking Liberty Bell. We're shills, but we're not that big of shills. All right. All right. Um, another way you can support us is by just like J and J word of mouth. Tell your friends about us. It's just like a Ponzi scheme. It's yeah, super this easy. is just like tell your friends about it. You know, get them to listen. And yeah. then you what, know, what happens is we you, make money. You buy a boatload of our merch, and then you get ten of your friends to buy to sell half of ten percent of the merch that you buy. And then now you've made money, and it kind of like flows downstream in a in a shape kind of like this. Yes, for our new and YouTube we do have merch. It's on our it's on our website. It says click our you know here's our merch, and then you can click on it. Um, we don't have beanies. Uh, check that out today. I wanted a beanie, and we didn't have it. Sorry, um, bud. Yeah, that's the only thing we don't have. We've got everything else, though. Um, and then um, another way you can support us is by uh, writing a review. You know, we love an honest review, but we love a five-star review more. Most of you are listening on yeah, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Yeah, we don't fucking care. Um, yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Leave, leave us a review, please, and thank you. Um, you know, and if you have a suggestion for, you know, you hear about something juicy, and you want us to cover it that has to do with white collar crime, um, you know, you can let us know about it. And we'd love to do fan submitted episodes. And so, you know, you can send us an email at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com or you can DM us on one of our social medias. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. Excuse me. <laughs> nice. Had to sneak one in somewhere. The people who listen to all these are going to know how much you burp because the, the Do you ones leave my burps in there. Oh, the ones at the end, absolutely. Basically, everything before the outro, you get to do whatever you want, and then everything in the outro, I don't even edit the outro. Usually, it's like if you're still hanging around, obviously you want to hear this. So you're <laughs> I didn't welcome. Even mean to burp. You're welcome. to The three people who forgot you had this playing and, and it's on in the background. And and now you just you, heard me burp, and you get to listen to this conversation. Oh my now. god, I should find people who have burp kink. And record myself burping. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you. You, you just got hijacked on another episode of White Collars, <laughs> right. Red Hands. At least you pulled it together enough to say it. 